I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Welcome to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. I'm Micah Keneally, and I also want to introduce my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you? Babe, I'm doing great. I'm thrilled for every moment I get to spend with you and in studio, and you're not on jury duty in this moment, so we're going to have a praise party of our own today. We sure are. And for the people who are praising that they found this podcast and just tuning in, Josiah, how can they get connected, get involved and stay involved? Yeah, we're coming up on three years of the Young Adults Today podcast. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. Time has gone so fast. <laughs> Me either. And uh, so over 125 available episodes in the library on iTunes or Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen and stream mm-hmm. your podcasts and new content drops every Monday morning. We want to help you start your week off strong. So it is a complete honor and joy, a privilege to come into your headphones, your, your car stereos, <laughs> your workspaces, anywhere where That's you're right. streaming. We just want to say, let's... Um, um, check out this verse of the day, which is from Psalm 121. It says, I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? But my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So that's what we're going to do today. And joining us on the other side of this conversation is John Rush. Hey, my friend, how are you? Hello. What's up, everybody? I'm fantastic. Shout out to all the Minnesota people out there. Uh, yes, today sir. is of recording. Uh, our great organization, the Minnesota Vikings, just announced a change in leadership when our general manager in our coaching position and uh, as a born and raised Minnesota kid, um, it's a good day. So whatever, whatever thing you're praying for, just know God will be faithful to it. Okay? <laughs> Dude, That's right. come on, somebody. And uh, John is Minnesota born and raised. He already went there. Skull, Vikings, everyone do the clap. <laughs> We're excited. And uh, John is also a youth director on the <laughs> other side. He's go. doing his school. I hope you're watching on YouTube and um, streaming here. But he's a youth director, also the director of eSports at Elevation Church Ballantyne, where he serves uh, the students of Elevation Youth. Also, we're going to pick his brain about being the gaming director of Youth Nation Gaming. And where we want to start is a fun place where we just want to get to know you a little bit better as well as for our listener to hear some of your story of life, being born and raised in Minnesota, journeying strong as seeing Minnesota miracles with the Vikings. But uh, (laughs) take us there to that place where you share your story with us. Yeah, so I lived in Minnesota uh, in the uh, originally near the cities till I was six. My parents got divorced around then. And I moved out with my mom to the uh, to rural Minnesota uh, near Hutchinson. If you really know it, it's uh, <laughs> called Glencoe, Minnesota. Yeah. The uh, you know the the Glencoe Silver Lake Panthers won uh, the high school state championship in the Metrodome quite a few many years. I was there. It's a small town, like less than five thousand people. Um, and then when I was eleven, my mom and I moved to Florida. So then I went to middle school and high school in Orlando. Shout out to 407, Kissimmee, Florida. I love you so much, Florida. And then I, shortly after, well, really, it was like right as I graduated high school, I moved up to Rockford, Illinois, uh, to be a part of a church called Rockford First Assembly. Ooh, and wow. was an intern there and was in their leadership school there. And then uh, was uh, at the completion of my four-year intern, I was actually hired 
as the youth pastor there at 22. I don't know if that was a smart move by anyone, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I don't think I would, would hire a 22-year-old me. Um, and uh, the other uh, perk and really the best part of being in Rockford was I met my wife, Amanda, there. She was also a student in the leadership college. And I'm just telling y'all, y'all hear it all the time. You follow God, seek first the kingdom and all will be added. Uh, and then, uh, so we were there for 10 years. Um, towards the end of that 10 years, um, we had our daughter, Sayla Rose Rush, who is now two and a half years old. She's the joy of our life. And uh, we named her Sayla before Kanye named his uh, song Sayla. So get on me, Kanye. I know you're listening. Um, and, um, and then in the summer of 2019, right after Sayla had been born, we, the short story is we had um, we had made a trip um, to uh, see one of our friends, Ryan Leak, who I don't know if you haven't had Ryan yes. on the podcast, you need to, you need to have him. Ryan's been a He's huge a mentor to me. Yeah. Ryan is the best. He was speaking at um, our summer camp here at Elevation called YouthX. He brought me with him. And uh, that August after the conference, I, I was approached about coming on staff as the Ballantine, which is our broadcast location, youth pastor. And originally I said no. Uh, and it was, that was in August. Um, and in October, it was like my wife and I couldn't shake it. And we did a real intense 10 uh, day prayer and fast and really felt like God was ending our season in Rockford, even though we had loved it and was moving us to Charlotte. We land in Charlotte about three months before the pandemic and we haven't looked back. So here we are. <laughs> what a journey, John. I didn't yeah. know that actually, or maybe I just didn't remember that about um, Rockford first and their leadership college. You talk about the legacy of Jeannie Mayo and you talk yep. about just, um, oh my mm. word, cranking out leaders like Nick Nilsson and a bunch Shout of other Nick. leaders. Chad yeah. Brugman, Sean John. I mean, you could go down, Sean Johnson at Red Rock. I mean, me. you could, you could go down one time. It was at one of Jeannie's, um, who if y'all are listening, Jeannie Mayo is just a legend in ministry and youth ministry. And she had been the youth minister, uh, a couple generations prior to when I came on, but had really been a, a part of foundationally making that a place of revival and known for youth ministry. Um, I, um, my youth pastor at the time, Megan Valentine, shout out to Megan Valentine and Gear Balsitas, two other legends. They were my youth pastors in Florida. And then they were my, my leads in Rockford. And then I, they hired me to replace them on, on the week that I was being replaced. We were at one of Jeannie's conferences and I'd never met her before. And they bring me back to meet Jeannie. And I felt like I was joining the mafia. And I know this is a true story. It's like, back there is like pastor Craig Rochelle was like somewhere back there in the green room. And I'm like, what is, what is happening right now? And it's like dark and it's at this church I've never been to. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And they bring me back and they go, Jeannie, this is John. He's taking over the youth ministry in Rockford. And Jeannie looks at me and she goes, God bless you. And she takes my face in her hands and then kisses me on the cheek (laughs) and then walks away. And I'm like, well, what just happened? So she's amazing. She's amazing. As was her late husband. Uh, Pastor Sam. Yeah, I, I've had a great privilege of being around some amazing people in ministry. And a comment on Ryan Leak. Ryan is amazing. Also a North Central University grad where Micah mm-hmm. and I both went and doing incredible things for God's kingdom oh, yeah. all around. So absolutely love it. And John, we are thrilled to have you on the podcast today because we are currently in a seri- series on the Young Adults Today podcast. And we want to gear it to the, the young adult leaders. Um, in a sense of what do we need to be 
looking for? What do we need to be preparing for? Because you're dealing with with the youth students, right? So you love yeah. uh, the pastor and the youth from middle school and high in high school. And I would just be curious, what are you seeing in Gen Z that we will be seeing in the next couple of years as they graduate, as they step into adulting, as they step onto the college campuses or onto, you know, a new church campus ministry type setting? What what should we be looking for, listening for, and learning as young adult leaders from the youth pastors? I love that you guys are doing that. You know, I, I'm really excited. I got initially scared. This is my last year in my 20s. I'll turn 30 in August. And I spent a while being scared of it, as I think so many people do. But I've realized the benefit is it means that I've done what I'm doing for a decade. And I think that when someone's done something for a decade, they just start to begin to know what they're talking about. I, and so I feel like I could talk about this subject now. Uh, you know, one of the best things that I ever did in youth ministry was, and it's how I found my wife too. We led a small group together from sixth grade all the way through senior year. And just getting to journey with some of the same kids, the breakups, the ups, the downs, yeah. the switching sports, getting baptized, leaving church, coming back. And that span, some of our youth students had kids. It's just, it was a phenomenal um, school of ministry to get to see how to journey with people. And so I encourage everyone listening, stay where you are and do what you're doing for as long as God will let you. Uh, transition is not, transition can sometimes get demonized mostly by the people who left, never by the people who are receiving the transition. Every church celebrates transition when they're getting someone, but most churches demonize transition when they're losing someone. And I think what we should do is we should just try to celebrate be discerning and celebrate good transition and warn people against bad transition. So um, I, I think that the interesting thing about your question is that um, depending on which like social study you look at right now, Gen Z is both in youth ministry and young adult ministry, mm-hmm. even looking at some of the times of it, it would be as someone born in 1992, I could fall between millennials or Gen Z. I would be the oldest Gen Z, don't get me wrong, but it's just very interesting. I kind of say that I'm not Gen Z because growing up in high school, we didn't have smartphones yet. So that's where I kind of go. I'm like, I feel like that's really what sets Gen Z apart is the proliferation of technology um, and information and, and what that did. Um, but it isn't, it is interesting. I think it's why naturally I love young adults so much because, and would probably consider myself a young adult pastor in that sense, because um, just because somebody graduates high school doesn't really mean they've uh, arrived <laughs> at anything. Right. And even at, at our church, we've been talking a lot about how can we better support the 18 year olds as they leave our, our ministry. One of the things, and this is, this is, this is for some of the young leaders learning how to move, move stuff on their church. I think like an executive pastor, uh, I I've been talking with some of our staff about what's a dollar amount on an 18 year old who has come all the way up through our kids ministry, how much money have we invested into them only to just send them off to college and just cross our fingers. I am so passionate that we need young adult ministry. We need young adult support. Um, and, 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 and one of the main reasons is because I think most, and and hopefully this can be the direct answer to your question. The, the thing, the number one thing that I think that teenagers coming out of high school into ministry, they need consistent spiritual um, uh, mentorship, and and they need to continue to be taught spiritual formation. We talk about spiritual disciplines. 
Spiritual disciplines are great if you know what they are. You can't be disciplined in a practice that you're not taught in. And I think what we need to be focusing on in young people is spiritual formation because we're forming the practices that they one day can choose to be disciplined in. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we talk about these spiritual disciplines we take for granted how, how you, how much almost, um, intellectual work can go behind just teaching somebody the practices of being in God's presence, applying his word. And so the relational aspect in, in, in the teaching aspect, I think are, are huge for, for youth coming into uh, college. That's so good. That's one of our passion points is teaching and coming alongside young adults or the 18 year old who's stepping foot onto the college campus. Cause the last thing that we want to do is have a messy handoff. Like we want to pass the baton more or less of, you know, of, okay, what do we need to be looking for as young adult leaders and pastors? And how do we team up with youth pastors who've been in it, who know what they're talking about. But when we look at the statistics of the AG church or the church at large, we are losing a lot of individuals when it comes to, um, they're not marrying the church. They're not even dating the church. A lot of them aren't even going to church. So when we kind of just peel back the layers of, like you said, like how much have we invested time, money, resources into the, the young adults or the students themselves? And yeah, I don't want a 50, 50 chance of, let's flip a coin. Are they going to live for the Lord or are they going to walk away? You know, so if we can help them transition off, you know, or out of their parents' basement and onto a college campus or into the big C church or whatever you want to say, as they navigate their adulting years or begin to navigate. Mm. um, I just think those two elements that you brought forth are, are significant and, and well needed. Well, let me, let me say this. Um, Also, uh, every church right now is grappling with what kind of online community or ministry they should have. Yes. If for no other reason than you're graduating seniors and those going into the armed forces and into the workplace, you should have an online ministry because whenever someone graduates, traditionally it's viewed as a loss from the church local body, but with a, with a robust online mm-hmm. discipleship and infrastructure, you could maintain their connection to your ministry yep. and they're going to go to college. They're going to be thankful that they could stay connected to their local church, which they love, who they yeah. hopefully will go back to when they're home for break. And guess what? When they finish dentistry school, they're going to be a tithing dentist, hopefully to your church. Right. And we, we just, it's all of us. It's not just church. We're just all plagued by, by only focusing on this month's problems instead of trying to think four years in advance. And um, I, I, I think that, that an online infrastructure, if only to serve our seniors, would be worth the investment. John, I think that's incredible. And I want to take, I want to hear and have you take it one step deeper with what you guys are working on and learning and doing with esports and the youth nation gaming. Can you just share with the listener and with us, like, how is that taking off? What are you doing? And what is the purpose of what you are, you know, birthing behind the scenes right now, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just in case, um, I don't know how, you know, church world is so funny. Um, we're all come from so many different pockets, just some shared connections, but my church elevation in Charlotte, North Carolina, our, our pastor, Stephen, um, he, he has had our church on an online path for seven years. And so even before a lot of people were looking to us during the pandemic and, and, and probably in a very depressed state going, how did you guys get there? They probably said, oh, well, they got the money. So they, this, and really our online ministry isn't fans of elevation, these are uh, active members of our church. When we measure our EFAM or our online community at Elevation, we are, we are only measuring active giving units, people who are involved in e-groups, people who are starting watch parties, or another way of thinking about that is a home church. 
um, and, and volunteering on teams. We just celebrated um, uh, uh, a member of our online volunteer team named Philip, who has been on the team for five years and has been a part of, I think they said, um, 348 conversations following up with people who gave their lives to Jesus in our ministry. And, and, um, you know, um, right now, um, you know, I remember once, you know, we went to a conference, me and some of our youth team, um, in Phoenix and they're like, Oh, like, who are you guys hanging out with tonight? We're like, we're hanging out with our youth kids. And they're like, Oh, did you bring them with? And I'm like, no, they live here because prior to coming to Phoenix, we had done a report of how many active e-groups from our church and giving units are within a 90 minute radius. And we invited them. We had 50 people who consider Elevation, their home church, come through. And on that trip, we partnered with one of our local outreach organizations called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And we built beds and brought them to uh, underserved families, uh, families in need in the Phoenix area. And I, I say all that to say not to flex, <laughs> but to just tell you that like, on if you're in it for online content, you're going to get tired because you're in ministry to connect with people and reach mm-hmm. local communities the thing that fuels our online campus is really its local impact. And, um, and I think our gaming ministry, which we started at the peak of, of, of uh, the pandemic really just comes out of that value. I tell my team all the time, or it is one of the number one questions I get asked um, is why do you do it? I just tell them it's the same reason I've done dodgeball tournaments for years. I just find something people love and, and as an on-ramp to come to church where the idea of coming to church or even inviting a friend to church might seem very daunting. Hey, come play in this dodgeball tournament. You've seen the movie? Oh yeah, we played it at homecoming. Oh yeah, you like sports? Oh yeah, it's on a Saturday. It's great. And it allows me for years as a youth pastor, dodgeball tournaments let me meet some of the most prolific athletes in, in my community. So when I went to their game and they saw me on the sidelines, I wasn't just some weird dad at their game. I was John, um, who most of the time in my younger years had smacked them in the previous dodgeball tournament. It creates these layers of connection and resource. And so uh, the pandemic kind of pushed us into doing that in a lot of areas. And gaming was one of those things. And we've since built a gaming ministry where um, since we started in March of 2020, it's January 2022 now, we've seen 153 students join e-groups, which are our small groups just from one of our gaming streams uh, or platforms. John, this is incredible. And I want to go back to something you said, maybe already it might've been a question ago, but you were just sharing some of your journey and with you and your wife of how you guys led this small group together. I think you said six years, like sixth grade through 12th grade for students and coming back to that point of consistent spiritual mentorship, Mm -hmm. um, kudos to that thought, because I just remember I was fresh out of high school and my youth pastor tap me on the shoulder and ask me to be a youth leader. And I remember getting a group of hungry ninth grade students. They were freshmen. We were all freshmen. I was a freshman in college. They were a freshman in high school. And um, I was with them for four years as a youth leader. And I think that what we're talking about today of, of working together, this idea of synergy, this idea of collaboration in the kingdom, both within the local church, but we're talking student ministry, we're talking college, um, and also young adult ministry. This is different mile markers in the mm. people's lives that we mm-hmm. serve as they're on a lifelong journey, things are constantly changing and um, it's fun to then talk about and think outside the box and maybe dream a bit, learn from you guys of 
hello, did you know there was even such a thing as a gaming ministry or an online student ministry? And maybe, you know, Micah and I, we serve full-time as Chi Alpha pastors on a community college campus where 80% of our students, 15,000 students total, 80% of them are only online. So right now we're rethinking even as far as 2022 Mm -hmm. and looking into the future, how can we minister to students that we might actually, they might attend our campus, but they might never even step foot on this campus. And how can we build bridges? And like you said, on ramps. Mm -hmm. And so building on that, John, as listeners, as leaders for Mike and myself, how can we utilize online technology to reach young people with the gospel, help us think outside the box and dream a little bit because so many young people are gamers or like I mentioned, maybe they're online college students or they're new to town and they're trying to look for, they're searching, they're Googling local church near me with Mm -hmm. a young adult ministry or something. And they're, they're like freshmen in the city and maybe they're 18 or they're 25 or they're 30 years old. Help us think broader in terms of serving people through online platforms. Well, I think, I think, it's got to come anything that we're going to do wholeheartedly. It has to come not from a conviction of strategy or opportunity, but it come from a conviction from the word of God. And, and I just think, um, I think all of us are guilty of applying scripture at such a surface level sometimes and disassociating it from things that are happening. Mm. For instance, like even some of the, the feedback or pushback to online ministry is so curious to me when we are literally reading out of a Bible written and and built on long distance letters. And I don't think Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul did not set out to say, I want, I want to be far away from these people. No, no, no. But what God was doing was so vast that it wasn't, it was a reality. Mm -hmm. And so then Paul either had to say, do I want to cut short the ministry of God or do I want to try to innovate? And so some fascinating history of the church would be to read about the great lengths that scribes went to, to copy down the written word of God in these letters to the different churches that became uh, the New Testament and how many even secular historians will talk about how the church led the way in, went the way in that. And something that we kind of just like say, and we just almost, it's like lost its meaning. But like when, when the printing press was, was uh, released in, you know, 1400 something, I believe the first thing they, they, uh, copied was, was the word of God. And even the, the word of God getting into people's everyday lives was some of how the, the corruption of the church at the time was cut short because they were able to read it for themselves. And so you just have to put yourself in the apostle Paul's shoes and realize like distance is only, um, is only, um, I don't want to say unholy or, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly inconvenient. It's always going to be inconvenient, but it's, it's not outside of the parameters of what God will do. It's, it's actually written the DNA that what God wants to do in the, his church is so vast that we have to utilize technology. John Mark Comer um, talks a lot about thinking of the internet, like uh, the Roman road systems. So when the, um, when the Roman empire fell to the Visigoths, um, like fully fell, was like wiped off the face of the earth. Um, a lot of people, historians believe that technology went back 500 years that it, was, it took another 500 years for the human race to get back to the point that the Roman Empire was. So America is not even 500 years old yet. 
and, 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 you know, we're not even 300 years old yet. And so that just tells you. And so one of the things that they had, they had the aqueducts, they had, they had trade commerce, you know, some, some legal stuff that was really great. Um, but one of the wonders of the Roman empire and what made them so dominant on the battlefield was they had a concrete, um, like a, a road building mixture that would, they would build roads that allow for faster travel with wagon supplies, troops, soldiers, everything. But unfortunately a huge, uh, um, uh, uh, marking of the Roman empire was slavery. And these roads would be the things that Roman legions would travel up in the regions and either quell a rebellion or conquer a new area. And coming back down the roads would be hundreds and thousands of slaves. And so the Roman roads had a, had a, had a, a very negative connotation to, to many people because it represented an enslavement of their people and a destruction of their culture. But John Mark Comer brilliantly makes this case that the same Roman road that destroyed lives was the Roman road system that allowed the gospel to go forth. And it allowed the, the persecuted church in Acts chapter eight to make their way out of Jerusalem into Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth. And so I just want to encourage everyone that for every negative thing you can say, every challenge we can say about the internet, we have to just know it is in our nature. It is in our DNA as Christians that we take every opportunity to make much of Jesus and keep the local church connected. And so I just think that for us to even utilize something like gaming, some of these gamers, these streamers, they hit live on their video game and 50,000 people are watching them and they're in they're and they're evangelizing. They're just not evangelizing about our savior or the way that mm -hmm. he's designed us to live. I can't sleep at night knowing that I'm not doing something in that space because it's quote worldly, you know, no. You need to stop me there because I'll, I'll start preaching. So I'm <laughs> landing the plane. That's so good. Well, Go ahead. And I, I don't want to be afraid of the world because right. Jesus right. said, like, we're a part of this world, but not yep. of it. Yep. And it, we're called to be in this world, not of it. Micah was just talking about how she really admires Candace Cameron Bure. Do you just, that was like 10 oh, minutes yeah. ago. You yeah. Before we started the podcast. Well, well, Bob Saget has unfortunately passed. And I was just like thinking of just the light that um, Candace Cameron Bure has played working alongside co-hosting certain things through Full House and Fuller House and her hallmarks and everything. And she's, you know, just preaching the gospel. She's creating content for the Bible side of things, for women to go through the word of God and just clothing lines and all these things. And she just gets online and she gives God the glory and she hasn't steered or stepped down from that calling. Like that is still her anthem. And I was just admiring her. I was like, you know what? It is a very dark place to be you know, in the Hollywood and in that form of, of living, living, but I'm like, she's being the light where God has planted her yeah. and she loves what she gets to do. So to come alongside and just to be the light to people you're, you're leading with or co-leading with, or like your, your staff or whoever, and everybody she comes in contact with, I go as believers and Christians, like we should be rubbing shoulders with people of the world, just as much as people in our churches who are walking with the Lord. So I guess the conviction, I think Josiah and I have had, like, we want to be creator. Um, we want to be content creators, not only consumers. And if we want our children to be consuming things that we write or things that godly people write, well, we want to utilize the, the websites, the, the podcasts, blogs, the, the internet in, in all areas, whatever route you want to take for the glory of God and not to, you know, under underplay the fact that it can be a very dark world, for sure. but everything can be dark. Oh I mean, gosh. you can, I mean, I don't know. This is what I was just processing even before we hit record today and got on this podcast, but. Well, and Josiah, I know, I don't know if this has been your guys uh, experience, but I know some people listening to this, some of why they're, they're intimidated by it is just, it, it doesn't fit their gift set. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit easier for me as a 29 year old to be like video games and internet, because that's a lot more part of my story growing up and just what's impacted me. But I just want to encourage you that just because it's not your gift doesn't mean it's not a gift. And I think that, that as, as, as leaders get older and more uh, rooted in who they are, they're also going to understand what they are not. And, and that's okay. It's actually a beautiful part of identity formation when you can clarify what you're not good at, but here's my encouragement. So then champion and invest in people who are That's right. and find people in your church who, who are. And like, I even say, you know, churches will ask often, you know, how do we start a gaming ministry? I said, it, it takes a lot of time and money and, and, and um, not every church has that. I know that in past ministry seasons, I wouldn't have had the budget to do some of the things we've been able uh, mm-hmm. to do here at Elevation. But what, what you can do is find a leader or a student in your ministry and champion them. And promote their minute and say, Hey guys, like like we, we have, we have, you know, Timmy, he's a junior at wherever high school and he streams rocket league. And you know what? We've partnered with him on Tuesdays and Thursdays that he's going to be giving some announcements about what's coming up in the church and the youth ministry. He's even going to do a little Devo in between games. So let's go support him. Now, what have you just done? You've been, you've done the thing that excellent leaders do is you've empowered somebody else and freed up your own time. That Timmy is going to feel greatly endeared to his church. And guess what? He's probably going to do it better than anyone on your staff mm-hmm. anyway. You know, <laughs> like, like, and, and, um, or, or she, let's not say Timmy. What about Sarah? 40% of gamers in the United States are, are women. So, oh, let, you know, know <laughs> one, uh, we, one of our, our, our lead streamers, her name is Courtney. Um, she's stream, she's our most popular streamer. Um, and, uh, I would say for us, uh, about half of our regular, viewers and chatters on our gaming platforms are young girls in our, our youth ministry. So it's not limited to Timmy's. I think that's incredible. John, I just have a question here. How can young adult pastors better serve the youth side of next gen ministry to help bridge that gap of for students who are soon going to be off to college? Like whether that's gaming, whether that's not gaming, how can we be better teammates and not looked at as a siloed ministry in competition with each other when we should be collaborating, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I want to, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to use my confusion to hopefully bring some clarity. Uh, because like, even when like you took me out of like, uh, you made me think back to some moments at first I was like competition. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I felt that way about people on my own staff before, but it's like, I have it in a little bit, you know, it's just a season. I'm not bragging. And guys, it's like, we should be weird when we feel like a competitive tension about somebody who's trying to build the same thing we're building, you know? And it's like, we should even ask ourselves, why does there feel, why is there a spirit of competition um, in the first place? You know, it's like, if you explain to somebody um, in your ministry, yeah, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the youth pastor and I don't know if all my kids will go to the young adult ministry because, you know, it's less people here. And, you know, I don't know if I like the way Josiah does it. Tell one of your sophomore students your thoughts on that and see how strange you look to them. And oftentimes, whenever I, I, I find myself going, I wouldn't say this out loud to somebody, it's probably because I shouldn't even have it as a thought pattern in my life. And so I, I think if there's weirdness between a, a youth and young adult pastor, a youth and young adult ministry, um, similar to kids ministry and youth ministry, should be the most synergistic thing happening on a church campus. And if it's not, then you've got to start at the relational level. What's missing here relationally 
Is there beef between the two people? Do they just not know each other? Is there distance? Are you guys trying to be friends and it's not working? And maybe you just need to realize you're co-laborers and that's okay too. I found that so much ministry tension comes from people trying to be friends and not being good friends. And then they're, then they're not good at working each other. Do y'all know that many of the people in your life are not your friends? But you can love them, serve them, and work alongside of them. Some of y'all will love people so much more if you stop trying to hang out with them and just celebrate the ministry events and huddles and teams and trainings you get to be with them. I'm telling you, it has been so freeing in some of my relationships to be like, why can't I get along with this person? I hate hanging out with them. I'm like, yeah, I hate hanging out with them. But if I remove the tension of that expectation, I actually can just celebrate what I do have with them, which is a decent working relationship. So address the relational tension. And then I would ask the question, are there any systematic um, uh, tensions? Meaning if you guys aren't aligned in your goals, vision, system structures, then there's going to be natural tension. The young adult ministry should probably look pretty different from the youth ministry, but the pipeline and the path should be pretty clear. It's so hard to answer. I, I'm so careful to answer some of these in direct. Uh, uh, I don't want to be too specific and limit you in your context, but I just, I just know that if you're addressing the relational tension and you have healthy relationships, and if your systems are synced up, I think you're going to see success. That is so good. I love that you use the word celebrate. And um, I look at, man, I spent some time on staff at a local church um, here in the Twin Cities. And my best friends to this day were both the middle school and a high school pastor. Mm -hmm. And I was coming alongside with young adults and we just partnered together. We saw healthy transitions. We saw um, Micah Mack, one of the youth pastors, he called all of Shout the out students. Micah. Hey, Micah. Uh, he, um, he would call all the graduating seniors a yep. few times their freshman year of college. Just say, Hey, have you found a local church? Have you found a young adult ministry or campus ministry? We're just cheering you on. And mm -hmm. it was like 94% of the students had, it was just really incredible. Awesome. And we just had a fun time teaming up together. So I love that you mm -hmm. said the word celebrate because my prayer for this podcast and even for this series of kind of doing some crossover mm -hmm. intentionally of saying, hello, Gen Z, the youth is here, the future are here. Mm -hmm. And they're also young adults now is I pray that we can all raise the bar for teamwork mm -hmm. and synergy with youth pastors, with college right. ministry leaders, and with young adult ministry leaders, because guess what? This is God's idea in the first place. Right. We're all on the same team. I think we forget that even though we're in different churches, wearing different jerseys, we're ultimately on the same team cheering each other on. We should be right. <laughs> well, exactly. And I'll look at this. I'll just say this. We wouldn't be having this conversation today right now, if it weren't for the advent of social media, because John and I crossed paths on Twitter, maybe a year ago or so, maybe two now, and, um, found out that we're both from Minnesota. We're Vikings fans. And, and you know what, this is like one of our longest conversations, but I love that we get to link arms, celebrate each other, collaborate here and, um, take that, uh, relationship to the next level. And we've come to one of our favorite, you talk about relationships. This is the listener's favorite segment and ours too. I think we're okay. It's a five and five, five questions, five minutes and a kick us off. John, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Um, <laughs> sensitive for sure. Um, competitive nerd. How about that? There you go. That's your answer. All right. Yeah. Um, question number two, what has God been teaching you lately? Um, God has been teaching me that, um, 
that my all all the fruit in my life is going to come from focus and that mm. that doing doing a lot is is um it, it does not mean that i'm being effective but if i will focus on a few things and say no to a few things that that's where fruitfulness comes from that's good that's, That's good. an incredible challenge. And uh, this is the curveball for Mike and I keeps us on our toes. If you could ask okay. us anything today, you can Ooh. ask us one question in the five and five. What would you ask us today? <laughs> you guys are married. <laughs> so I have all these devious questions coming into my head. We're ready. Um, let's see. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> if you could delete one thing from ch- American church culture, just right now, hit the delete button. What would you do? What would you delete? Hmm. American church culture. I would say stereotypes from the outside world, if that makes any sense off the top of my head. That's just kind of what I think. Like the way we're viewed. Yeah. I think, yes. And I think we have certain views and as, as a church, we look out and the people are looking in. And if I could just see that, you know, that one way mirror become a window and we could see into Mm. the hearts of the people on both sides, I think that would help us recognize the hurting, the broken, the lost, and give us more intentionality through our everyday decisions to realize that there is a, a world going to hell. And we have an opportunity to like lead them to the Lord and just be a a piece of their story and vice versa, that the church is not a problem. It's the broken people in the church that can be a problem. (laughs) I guess that comes to my mind. That was, I've never been asked that before. So (laughs) I've also never been asked it. My stab at it, John would be you know, I like Twitter. I enjoy it a lot. That's how we connected and um, have many friends from Twitter. And one of the things that I, I guess I kind of get nervous about or uh, embarrassed for my friends or just for the church in general is kind of this toxic call out culture mm-hmm. where there's just some negative headlines. And it's like, it's man, if, if I've never been to that church or if I don't know them, I'm, I'm not going to be, let, let me just not be saying things about them, especially if they're negative. It's, if it's positive and like, man, that guy's got cool glasses or cool hair. I think we'd be friends. Totally. That's like yeah. awesome. But I'm talking about some of the, the call out culture where it's negative and it's actually we're shooting our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I, I went I like there. That's good. That's good. All right. Question number four. We'll keep it rolling. What's your favorite sports team? Maybe we already got to that. Who knows? Minnesota Vikings. All right. Q5, babe. It's amazing. I'm glad that (laughs) we have that in common. And I think we have hopes for a bright future. Here we go. Hey, and and just just, uh, in case there's any Packers fans or anyone listening, yes, we've never won a Super Bowl, but um, we have the third highest playoff um, appearance of any team in the Super Bowl era. So, we're really good. We just suck. <laughs> We're good at appearing. We just don't always follow yeah. through. <laughs> uh, young receiver core, great running back, yes. hopes of a bright new future. So if you could end on this note, picture you walk into this room and it's filled with college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, and just young leaders in general, and you could challenge them or encourage them in one thought, what would you share with them today? Man, that's a, that's a good one. I think I'll just speak out of my own story. Just having the courage to be all the things that you are and all the things that you're not, or or to let go of all the things that you're not. 
And I think that there is some of your greatest ideas um, you're so nervous about because it almost feels, it almost feels arrogant to own some of the deeper aspects of your identity. And we see arrogance and pride get called out so much in the church, but God never told Peter and David to scale down on their identity. He just told them to scale up into their time in his presence. And I just, I just hope that there's some leaders who are just freed from the pressure of trying to be something they're not, um, or freed from the pressure of not being able. I know that for me, like, and I'll just be vulnerable for a second. I have always had a passion for social media, for communication, for podcasts and all of that. One of the unfortunate parts to my development in ministry is I kind of came up in a culture that was kind of like, Hey, if you post about yourself, you're arrogant and look at all these dumb guys on the internet, kind of like building their own platforms. And, and kind of like, I kind of grew up in ministry thinking that wanting to preach was bad. Like if God should so deem that you are not a worm from the bottom of the earth, then maybe you'll get to touch a microphone. And I know that there can be so many toxic things from, from people being too focused on platform, but let me just tell you guys, that's one of the only gifts I've got. Okay. Like, so I've lived most of my adult life ashamed of the thing God gifted me and feeling bad about it. And it's really not been until this last year that Mm -hmm. I'm going, you know what? I don't care if people think I'm self-promoting. I don't care if people think I'm just talking. So people think that I can hear the sound of my own voice. I know what God has called me to, and I know what he's not. And if I don't service my part of the kingdom of God, part of the body, then there's going to be a part of it missing. And so I just want everyone to be encouraged. We need the, you, we need the real you and don't let any voice from hell or some person who doesn't know you as much as God does shut you down and shut you up. That's so good. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing that for us and for the listener. Um, what a great challenge to, to really dig into like our own personal convictions and to, to really realize who does God say we are? What does he say about us? Not what does the world say and what, what mantle has he given us to walk out and we shouldn't hide behind it. We shouldn't hide under it. We should stand firm on him in that process of discovering and just, you know, praising him in the process. So John, thank you so much for joining yeah, thank us. You guys. So fun. fun. We had a blast, man. Excited um, to have this air soon. And you can find out more if you're listening about John Rush, Elevation Youth, and so many more resources when you connect with us at Young Adults today. Until next time, Josiah and Micah saying, see you soon. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.